us from the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. Jesus denounces the scribes. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. The widow's offering. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The word of God for the people of God. You know, as much attention as Nora gives to Miss Audrey during the children's sermon, Nora, there's only one person who's listening more closely than you, and that's me. Because so often, you see, Miss Audrey will follow the same text that I'm using for preaching almost every Sunday. And I want to make sure if I'm going to have to change my sermon at the last minute because she's already preached it. <laughs> now, oftentimes, we are on the same wavelength, and that's okay. We can preach the same sermon twice. Sissy needs to hear it twice. But often, what, what is wonderful to me is that the Holy Spirit turns the Bible into a living word because she has shown one thing and I am shown another. And so our responsibilities become very different that day. And the message, you get more of the message that way. I hope the Bible, when you read it, is like that for you. I can read one verse today. I can read the same verse tomorrow. I can read that same verse for an entire year every day. And the message will be different each and every time. According to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, according to what God is trying to teach me that day, according to what God is trying to teach me in that moment. So let us have prayer. Let us dig into this incredible passage that we all think we know. Lord, we are grateful for your word, that it's a living word because of your Holy Spirit. We are grateful for your love in our lives, for a word that challenges us, but also comforts and consoles us. Bring the power of your spirit to bear in our lives now as we open your word to seek your will for us. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. A father went to church with his three daughters. And wanting to teach them about the importance of giving and generosity, he gave each of his daughters two quarters to put into the offering plate. Now when the time for the offering came around, the oldest daughter put in her two quarters. The middle daughter also put in her two quarters. But the youngest daughter held on to her quarters. After worship, as she was leaving church, she pulled the pastor down to her level, level and said, Sir, my daddy gave us each two quarters to put in the offering. Sally put hers in the offering plate, and Julie put hers in too. But I wanted to give my quarters to you. The pastor asked her, why? And she answered, because I wanted to help you. My daddy says you are the poorest preacher we've ever had. That is exactly the same message Jesus had for the preachers of his day. He did not hesitate. He got in their faces. Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, these were the religious elite at that time. Jesus got in their faces and called them thieves and snakes and whitewashed tombs. So pretty on the outside, but nothing but dead on the inside. You are the poorest creatures this world has ever had. And then up walks this widow, this beautiful, faithful, destitute, impoverished widow who gives two coins to the temple. All, all she has left. While other people are noticing those who give large sacks of coins, Jesus points to this widow as an example to all who would be his disciple. As I mentioned at Charge Conference, I love listening to sports commentators. They come up with some of the best catchphrases. Some are so good that they have already become part of our everyday vernacular. Giving 110%. It's impossible, but we all know what it means, don't we? Leaving it all on the field. Playing above the rim. And my new favorite, he's running like his hair's on fire. Those phrases are all so descriptive. 
And they perfectly describe this widow's generosity and giving. She did not play it safe. She did not hold anything back from God. She gave away all she had to give. You know what the real shame of this story is? The real shame is that this widow gave every bit of everything she had to give to the very people who should have been giving to her. How often do we read in God's Word, Old Testament and New Testament, about how important it is for God's people to care for widows and orphans. They should have been giving her money. They should have been making sure she had food to eat. They should have been making sure she was protected, that her home was secure, that she had a home that could never be taken from her. Instead, she was giving all she had to give to them. That is the great condemnation of this story. And it looms large. But there is tremendous grace in this story. And as grace always does, it looms so much larger than any shame or condemnation. Let me introduce you to a new word. I know it's a new word because I made it up. I don't know if I'm the first to make it up, but I made it up. Godfidence. You heard me right. Not confidence. Godfidence. Putting our entire confidence in God. That's what this widow did. That's what she had. She had Godfidence. Her confidence in God was absolute. She trusted God to provide for her. She trusted God to feed her and shelter her and clothe her. She trusted God with her very life. She gave everything because she trusted God with everything. That was the true measure of this widow's gift. Not the amount of money she gave, but the amount of faith she gave. She wasn't underwriting a budget. She was loving God. She was trusting God. She was living by faith. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to our known God. This widow could have been the very one who, forgive me, coined that phrase. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to our known God. 
Yes, these verses are about how we give to God through the church. Even more, these verses are a challenge. They challenge us to live our Christian lives like our hair is on fire. To tell others about Jesus like our hair is on fire. To feel that deep urgency to make his name known. To care about our neighbors like our hair is on fire. Whether it's building a ramp or a new home or repairing a home or giving homeless people a place to call home. Supporting soup kitchens or advanced specials. Doing the joyful works of God. Most of us wouldn't begin to know where to begin. To do it all in God's name like our hair is on fire. Let me tell you, if my hair was on fire, don't go there. <laughs> Just use your imagination and not your mouth. If my hair was on fire, my adrenaline meter would be all the way over pressing against the side. There would be urgency and intensity and energy to live our Christian lives like our hair is on fire. That's this widow's invitation. That is also this widow's challenge. Amen.